This week on Ultra 64, we're kicking it with the FIFA games. That's right. Three FIFAs. We give this podcast three out of three FIFAs. Welcome everyone to Ultra 64. We are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And we are desperately trying to figure out the rules as we frantically kick into balls into our own goals. My name is Steve Gunling. Hello, I'm Woody Siskowski. The F stands for fun. Yes, it and does. <laughs> Wait, the, the, Which the F? F? The F in FIFA. Oh, okay. Yeah, so no, I... Fun International Fun Association. Yeah, it's for the it's forever instructions for ant eating. Sure, <laughs> we we need very long instructions for that for the most part. Yeah, uh, you know what? If you can't tell from this, we are talking about the FIFA games. If you don't know what FIFA games is, you probably live in America. Uh, incorrect. If you, everyone knows who FIFA games are, but they are definitely a bigger property. <laughs> yeah, they're they're on my Christmas, Christmas card list every year. Yeah. Dear FIFA games, how are you? Things are okay with fine. the Siskowski family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we are uh, we're touching on one of the but biggest. But not with our hands. No, 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 no. <laughs> we, yeah, only feet. Yeah. Uh, we are we are kicking the uh, one of the bigger <laughs> franchises in the world around a little bit. Uh, FIFA is. I think of like the top tier, like most popular series in the in the world. Sure, this is the one I've touched the least. Okay, um, I think the only exposure I've had to FIFA before this was when we accidentally played a FIFA game <laughs> earlier when we did World Cup '98. And folks, look, we're not perfect. We're not. I'm gonna I'm gonna put things in the wrong list sometimes. Mm. And also, I didn't want to talk about four soccer games in a row. <laughs> Sorry to tear down us, your podcasting heroes, and also come out on the I'll, record as not being perfect. I do still stand by uh, uh, Mia Ham Soccer not being able to support a full episode. Yeah, e- no, that, even that with them helping us out and getting drunk, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was going to happen. Um, so let's learn a little bit about FIFA. And I'm just going to give a little preview because I thought of something that sounded like a variety headline. Uh, and I just want to give a little preview sure. on variety headline language of how I feel about these games. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm very excited. I've set this joke up so long. Oh, yeah, you I have. This better be the best. I feel like the longer the joke goes on, the better it, the payoff's going yeah, to be. Yeah, no, no, I mean, that's how it works. Now, like, what would you that, just, if you, if yeah. you just had the payoff yeah. and it was a very disappointing joke, it'd be like the joke was just wasting all our time. Oh, exactly. And so, we would and you not, wouldn't do that. I would not dream yeah, of wasting any of your time. Yeah, if there's one thing that this podcast is not about, it's not about wasting our time. Uh, no. It's not about wasting the listener's time. No one's time. We value all of your time, which is yeah. why I'm being so meticulous in setting up this joke. Are you ready for my variety headline? I am. Expressing my feelings I, on I, these I, games? I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> tingly with anticipation. FIFA ho-hum. Get it? Fee-fi-ho. Fee-fi-ho-fum. Fee-fi-ho-hum. See, and the, the, you know it's a good joke yep. because I explained it. Yep, exactly. The best jokes are always explained. You know... In that case, I actually kind of liked it after you explained it. It was pretty good. What, once, was, once, you, once I explained it, yeah. I think it's funny to everybody. Okay, I'm going to shut the fuck up now. <laughs> uh, let's learn a little bit about FIFA in general here. So FIFA stands for Federación Internacional de Football Association, or the International Federation of Association Football for English Speakers. I was thinking of a different FIFA earlier. Oh, never mind. <laughs> 
It is one of the most powerful organizations in the world of sports. Uh, it is the right supreme... up there with NASA, it's where, where they beam down the where they shoot, uh, lay, they laser incinerate the NFL players from space <laughs> when they're not holding shuttle races. Yeah, exactly. You know, they've got to be doing that. Um, so they, they are the supreme governing body for all soccer related activities in the world. It is also one of the oldest sports organizations in the world, having been founded in Paris in 1904. So 116 right. years ago, it's right, right behind that organization that spearheads all the Moncala games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Spectre. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so obviously the big event for FIFA every year is the world cup or not every year. It's every four years, the world cup. Uh, it is a massive worldwide event. The World Cups typically average between three and four billion television viewers, which makes it far and away the most watched television event in the mm. world, uh, which is crazy. If you think about four billion people, there's eight billion people in the world. Half of them are watching the same wow. TV show. Insane to me. Well, I mean, it is spread over multiple weeks. So multiple it's not weeks, like they're all still. tuned in at the same time. Oh, yeah. Uh, FIFA uh-huh. also has direct oversight in their esports tournaments, which we'll uh, talk about in a little bit. Mm. Uh, and a little bit about the current state of FIFA. Uh, currently, the U.S. Justice Department is conducting an investigation into the organization for widespread reports of bribery <laughs> and corruption. I mean, they're like, they're both reports and just like factual evidence that these things happen. Kind of like, like accepted uh, yeah. worldwide that FIFA is like corrupt as hell. And a lot of this corruption stems from a guy who's weirdly come up on the show a lot because he's got a hilarious name. He's got a hilarious name. A guy named Sepp Blatter, (laughs) who is an 84-year-old Swiss national and the uh, former head of FIFA. He was the head of uh, president of FIFA from 1998 till 2016 when he resigned in semi-disgrace, but he's still a consultant. I I mean, relative to like people who were fined for massive corruption and like resigned, he he came out okay. He came out okay. He's still under investigation because he and a couple of other top executives gave themselves $80 million bonuses and uh, the ethics committees are looking into that. (laughs) He's also made some kind of controversial decisions. I think one of the ones that's still being contested a bit is uh, his decision a couple years ago to host the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, which has a pretty abysmal human rights record. Um, uh, Homosexuality is like illegal and persecuted there. They have terrible workers' rights initiatives, which means that a lot of the people being building the stadiums will not be compensated properly or will be put in dangerous situations. Uh, And he always just kind of hand waves this off, but there have been some accusations that maybe he took some bribes from the Qatari delegation. I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, you were, you brought this up while we were playing the game. Like that's one of the really strange things about FIFA in general is it's like, it is sort of the most politicized sports organization because it Kinda. spreads totally international. Yeah, like, yeah. They have to kind of uh, uh, arbitrate like international disputes on yeah. like a football pitch in a lot of ways, you know. So there's a lot of moving pieces and there's also just a lot of bribery, a lot of kind of fairly yeah, well, open there's so corruption. Many, there's so many hands in the pot, right? Yeah. Like you got to get the World Cup to come play here or anything like that, which I imagine that having a World Cup in your area is similar to having um maybe maybe not quite but like i imagine it's similar to having the olympics come to your area where it seems like this great idea and then like your economy is just thrashed because you had to spend so much money on making all this infrastructure yeah like it's probably not as bad since like a soccer stadium is not nearly as difficult as like creating giant swim arenas right or or not as like single use as uh, as most olympics things are i'm sure like the main city, like Qatar doesn't need like 
10 back-to-back giant indoor uh, soccer stadiums. Probably like, not. Probably not. Um, but either way, Sepp Blatter, he retired in 2016 after, well, he finally pledged to retire. He was sure. reelected five times <laughs> uh, despite being yeah. kind of known as a corrupt dude. So I don't know. There's that. And uh, I mean, he, it wasn't it's not like it's a public vote of like, oh, the no, co- no, no, yeah, but, yeah, like, but everyone could, who watches soccer gets to vote. Right. Yeah. It's nothing like that. But like, yeah, oh, he, the people that I get to pay get to decide to have me still in. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But I mean, even since he's been gone, he left in 2016. I mean, the, the, there's still ma- many ethics investigations into it. Like the ethics watchdog of FIFA was fired. <laughs> uh, a couple years ago, so it was just like, all right, well, there's there's nobody like watching things right fired now. Fired so. for massive corruption, probably. Yeah, probably, <laughs> like, probably. Yeah. And you know, I don't mean to be coming who, down. Who watches the the ethics watchdogs? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. The watchdogs from yeah. the video game do. Uh, and I'm not meaning to like rag extra hard on FIFA because NFL, NBA, all of these oh, certainly sure. have their disgusting problems. But that just you need like to deal based, with. I think it's based on the sheer scope of what FIFA is. Uh, yeah, it, it <clears> tends to, and it tends to be a little bit more intensified. You know, there there are bigger people, issues I mean, at people play. People feel strongly about soccer, like yeah, um, because it is and so much tied. I don't know. It's just more. You know, NFL certainly takes up a larger mind space for us in the states here. Right. But like the the, the identity, you think of the strength of identity that people fear of like Seattle versus L.A. in terms of like sports rivalry, which is a lot. Sure. And then you could is that our rival team? I didn't even actually know. Uh, like, I would say that uh, San Francisco. San Francisco's our rival. Our rival? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I don't really. Follow yeah, it. it's like that level of sort of cultural identity, and then you like expand it to your whole country. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You combine it with this nationalism. It's 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 intense. It's an intense situation. Um, let's talk a little bit about the FIFA games. Uh, so the very first FIFA game was FIFA International Soccer, and that was released in 1993 on every available platform. Sure. Here in the U.S., it was most popular on the Genesis. Uh, well, you know, soccer games. Yeah, Genesis was kind of like a home for 16-bit sports. Like I think yeah, they're oh, yeah. being like sort of much more emphasis. Um, attention paid to the Genesis games and the Super Nintendo ones were kind of a port. Like, yeah. I never think of like hockey games on Super Nintendo. Um, but, but NFL 94 is kind of on the Genesis, NHL. or NHL yeah. 94 on the Genesis is kind of looked at as like, one of the best yeah. sports games ever made. Yeah. And yeah, it's true. It's true. And I think what were the other, like, the really poorly named basketball games? And like, the where it was just like oh, the name of the playoffs. NBA Live. It was like oh, oh, it was like, it was like LA Bulls Lakers versus at, Lakers at the NBA playoffs. Yeah, yeah, really clunky long names, but they were yeah. like good basketball games, yeah. you know. So those were sort of the first games that um, those those games kind of defined what EA was in terms of yeah. like we're going to spend money to get the real licenses and actually put an effort to kind of mimic the way specific players play yeah. and just sort of get this reputation for attention to detail, um, which definitely came through much more in. Uh, basketball games oh yeah well i mean this is just a tricky thing i think about soccer in general is i think almost more than any other sport and i probably a lot of this just comes from me not knowing very much about soccer it's hard for a game to find a specific identity and tone for a soccer game whereas um because basketball it feels a little smaller there's fewer players you can sort of identify specific players and styles a little easier yeah yeah for sure 
Um, this is way off topic. I'm yeah. just curious real quick because I was thinking about those Genesis games. And like, was there any reason why some of those cartridges were like an inch longer and had that yellow tab? Yeah, the, were they more powerful was, or was no, it just I don't a brand think so. thing? I think that was, those games were all EA games. Those I were just EA style. Design. Okay. I know, yeah, right. I know exactly what you're talking about. They're I thought you were going like, to say, this is totally off topic, but in the Challenger mission, <laughs> how come they didn't double check the... <laughs> yeah, what the hell? What yeah. are they thinking? Um, anyway, so FIFA games, yeah, while uh, soccer had been a popular video game for a while, uh, this game was a, a, a sensible world of soccer, sensible soccer, or just That's like NES playing soccer, you know, or yeah. world cup championship or whatever they called it. Uh, this was the first game to use the real FIFA license and it kind of broke with tradition because every soccer game to this point had a top down view and FIFA 93 mm. was a isometric view. Sure. Kind of made it a little easier to play soccer games. Um, so, yeah, it sold quite well here, but it was a sensation overseas, especially in the UK. Uh, and the franchise quickly became an annual staple for millions of players around the world. Overall, there have been 37 games in the series, mm -hmm. including the mobile spinoffs and the standalone FIFA Street series, which yeah. seems like they might be your jam, yeah, right? Yeah, no, 100%. You like, you like any I, sports game that takes place on a street? It does. I'm well known for my love of streets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's streets ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. No, that is one I want to try. The NFL Street games are not great. Are they not? Um, they're oh, okay. not. I know. Again, seemingly. Oh, maybe I'm thinking like of NFL or, N or no. I'm thinking of NBA. NBA Street NBA games Street. are amazing. Yeah. Okay. That's they what are NBA very, Street very good. Rules. NFL Street is not that good. I'm really I have having trouble with these acronyms today. That's okay. There's too many N's. Yeah. Um. So. Oh uh, yeah. Overall, too many, N's, too many F's. Thirty-seven games. Uh. So today, FIFA stands as the seventh best-selling video game franchise of all time. More than two hundred eighty-two right million units the sold. Conquer series. <laughs> right behind Conquer and right above Blaster Master. Yeah, Pretty exactly. impressive. Uh, so the best-selling standalone title in the series is FIFA 18. That one sold 24 million copies. It's the 33rd best-selling game of all time. FIFA 12 is also noteworthy as being the fastest-selling game of all time. It still holds that record. Huh. Uh, 3.2 million units on its first day. Very odd that there's such a gap between those. Yeah, like, yeah, people, right? People were sort of cold on it for a while, and then 12 came out, and like, we're ready for it. It's FIFA. like, oh, we're yeah, making for, it happen. for whatever reason, they were <laughs> into then, it that and year. And they sort of lost interest. And maybe that was timed, maybe a World Cup was happening around that same time? No, the World Cup was in 10, because uh, oh. that, that was in South Africa. And then, oh, that was the um, famous year of the Vuvuzela. The Vuvuzela, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but FIFA 18, along with other Remember EA though the games, world was a place where, like, the only thing people had to complain about was, like, the loud vuvuzelas. <laughs> Horns that sound and, like bees. And yeah. that seemed, like, so annoying of a thing. And they <laughs> were like, oh, I miss those vuvuzelas. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, they, they would sound soothing right now. Yeah, I would rather very... listen to an hour and a half of vuvuzelas than watch the debates, yeah. you know? So, like... <laughs> Um, but FIFA 18, along with a couple of other EA games such as Star Wars Battlefront, they've been under investigation in some foreign oh. markets because of their use of microtransactions. Gross. There's been accusations from EA that they're being predatory with this, and FIFA and Star Wars in particular were particularly bad about this because you could pay to win, essentially. You can you could buy improved stats oh. on FIFA 18 with real life money. And and which, I mean and they have online play. And they have so online play, like yeah. Yeah, it, really a match made in heaven is EA, EA and FIFA. Yeah, in yeah, terms yeah, yeah. Of like money grabbing corruption. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. But uh, you know that online play has also helped made FIFA make FIFA one of the biggest online sports in the world. Uh, mm -hmm. It's actually considered the biggest online sport esport uh, by Guinness World Records because they have kind of an open platform like if you want to compete in the tournaments it, it gets wheedled out pretty quickly sure. but anybody can try and sign up for a tournament you don't need to go through any kind of special uh, platform or anything uh currently the most recent winner of the fifa tournament was uh, germany's mohammed harkus who took home 
$250,000 grand prize in 2019 just for being real good at a video game. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. These are, I mean these are complicated video games. These are. <laughs> these are. Like I would I was I was thinking about that prize when I was playing the game earlier. I'm like, I don't think I would win this prize. <laughs> I I don't even know if I would want I don't know if I would want to play these games enough to get that good at it. I don't think even. I do. Yeah. 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 I mean, um I I would love for people to write in, especially if you're overseas and you're uh, uh really into these FIFA games. I would love to hear a little <laughs> bit more about cuz And for I that we apologize because we are both passionless and knowledgeless. That's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a killer combination when talking about something. Like, these are not games that have any kind of special meaning to me. I don't really feel the appeal of soccer, and no, it's not... not like Zombies Ate My Neighbors, which just connects yeah. to a highly emotional level. Oh, yeah, because, 100%. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, all right, when you ready to talk about these games, let's jump yeah, I into mean, our I guess specific that's titles. That's what this podcast is about, right? That is what it's about. Let's learn about some quality cover athletes. Uh, headlines for us. Oh, you cover athletes. Okay. Oh, man. But I'm going to try and come up with another quality headline by the end of this. Well, the cover athlete on the FIFA 64 is just the soccer ball, wasn't it? Uh, on the label, His name is Wilson. yes. Wilson the soccer ball. On the label, yes. Uh, but FIFA Soccer 64 was released February 28th in 1997. It was developed by EA Canada and published by EA. And it is an N64 exclusive, technically. Sort of, but like Sorta. exclusives on these is, it's, is essentially meaningless. Uh, yeah. Like, the titles don't line up exactly with other systems, but you're going to get the same basic game. You just have more Nintendo-y graphics on this sure. one. Uh, the cover athlete this time is a guy named Jordi Cruyff, who was playing for Manchester United at the time. Uh, Cruyff is a midfielder from the Netherlands, and he played for several clubs, including teams in the Ukraine, uh, Spain, and Malta. He retired in 2009 to become a manager, and he's been quite successful in that role. He led uh, Tel Aviv's team to a very, very successful couple of seasons, and currently he is in China uh, as the manager of the Shenzhen FC. So I don't know if they're any good, but that's... <laughs> he's a world traveler. That's what Mr. Cruyff is up to. Mr. I like saying the name yeah, Cruyff. Yeah, a good name. C-R-U-Y-F-F. -F. I like it. <laughs> Sounds um, like the CEO of like an evil uh, computer conglomerate. That's like, <laughs> Mr. Cruyff, yeah. we have the microchips ready that will destroy all puppies. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is labeled as an N64 exclusive, but it is essentially just a port of FIFA 97 from the Saturn and the PlayStation. Uh, over in Japan, this is called J League Live 64, uh, which is a, another EA soccer series that's exclusive to that region. Um, so this game is actually very, very, very mildly important on the N64 <laughs> because this was the because title. It is an, the topic of an Ultra 64 episode. Obviously. The number one, the comprehensive N64 podcast. It is the mildest compliment you yeah. can receive. Uh, this game, like it was the title that kind of convinced EA that developing for the N64 might be worthwhile. Okay. I don't know how well that paid off for them, but initially the company was averse to developing for the system because they didn't like the high price of cartridges and sure. they hated the dev kit, which pretty much every developer <laughs> on record has said they hated their dev kit for this. Um, but so they kind of used FIFA 64 as like a guinea pig. They're like, all right, if this does well, then maybe we'll consider bringing uh, some of our other sports franchises over. And uh, the pre-order pre pre numbers on this game were strong enough that it convinced them that N64 was worth the trouble. Okay. And so that's why we get the Madden games and NBA Live and the NHL and Triple Play Baseball, so that all these games. really, like, tracks when you, as, like, the origins of this game. Because when you play this game, it really feels like something that not much work was put into. So It, it really does. It do like, it, that totally tracks. Like, okay, we're not going to invest very much in... in um, designing for the n64 so let's just sort of lazily port this sega saturn game 
over here. Yeah. The end result is something that feels very clunky. And this is kind of a bad year for this series, as we'll as we'll see as we keep going on. But it's kind of in this unenviable position of straddling generations, you know. Right. So this game was released on the Super NES. Oh no, no like the the ninety seven version was released yeah. on the Super NES as well as the N sixty four. So it's kind of spanning those generations. And I think the result is this game is kind of playing halfway in between that. Like sure. we, I bet the super NES version looks a lot better than this one. Like, it I know it's probably like, looks it's like yeah. isometric and like way zoomed out, but like this game looks like garbage. It looks really, really bad. And reviews at the time, uh, despite all the hype and the early pre-sales numbers, they kind of reflected the same thing. EGM actually called this game, their most disappointing sequel of 1998, hmm. um, which I can definitely see. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really have, too many enhancements that you would expect to see in like the 32 or 64 bit well, era. I mean, that's just kind of, yeah, a general idea. Like you said, it's sort of spanning generations. It's like each time they have to move to a totally new gameplay style, they have to just basically start from nothing. And right. so like all the refinements they've built up over the previous years, it's like the first Madden in each new console generation is kind of just a throwaway. Yeah. And then yeah. they're like, okay, now we can build from there and start cloning that every year. Exactly. But, yeah. Know, this is definitely their first. And that's where this one kind of landed. So it's not an enviable position, but I would also argue it's still a bad game. Like yeah. regardless, it got dealt a shitty hand, but it's still kind of a bad game. The colors look extremely washed out. Characters are blurry or jaggy. Oh, they're so blurry. And really hard to make out. The game it is def- sluggish. It yeah, it looks like a ported Saturn game, 3D Saturn game. Yeah, controls are even confusing. Like, we were trying to select teams, and I think I, like, bumped one of the... Bu- like, you know, every sports game, it has that thing where it shows a controller, and you move it to one side or the other. Yeah. Pretty intuitive. Pretty much every sports game does that. Uh, I, pr- I must have pressed my button on the D-pad rather than the analog stick because then it just started mapping all of my actions to the analog stick. Or to the D-pad. Or to the D-pad, yeah. yeah, and I couldn't tell why. And then there was some confusing stuff, like I was being marked as a pro player, but you were being marked as a semi-pro yeah. player. And it was a slight jab at my abilities, even though I beat you every time. Oh, handily, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Footily, you beat me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's very odd. Um yeah, and it's like, why do you have to select between using the analog stick or the control pad? And then, because whenever you, regardless of the one you select, the other thing does nothing. Yeah. So it's like, why don't you just have them both active all the time? Yeah. If, and, like, the control layout is just weird. Like, I don't know. This is just a general complaint I have of, like, this is part of the N64 being such an unintuitive layout of buttons, but it's yeah. so hard to remember what C button is lob versus what is turbo. Like your run fast button should never be left C. That's just it's just it, clunky. It, yeah. it, it has no memory of like it needs to be either the right trigger or maybe the Z trigger. Yeah, to just kind of help you remember what is what. The Z trigger just kind of makes such easy sense. And maybe it's just coming from like an NBA Jam kind of perspective. But it, it, it does it, but make yeah. sense because what happens is if you're you want to be pressing other buttons while you're running fast. Like, mm-hmm. you want to be pa- passing or trying to juke other people. And sure. so to have to take your thumb off of the C button and move it to A and B is just not intuitive. No, it's really not. Uh, the modes here were really nothing to, to write home about either. It's kind of your standard. like the, the Dear Tiffany, mm-hmm. things are rough here in the war, but check out these new modes in FIFA 64. Actually, on they second give me thought, the strength to move on. There was, this was nothing to write home about. Signed, Warren from the front. <laughs> His last name, Peace. Yeah. Ironic, right? Yes. Warren Peace. Anyway, uh, he, like... I don't know. What is it? Like they call the exhibition match like friendly Friendly, mode and then there's uh, season and practice and tournament. Yeah. Like 
I mean, these are all basically the same. And if you're not super into stat customization or or uh, building your own leagues well, or like, anything even like that, that, like the menus, I think those modes are in here, but they really feel like clunky and unintuitive ways to navigate. Like by the time we got to the third game we played, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can actually see how to navigate these, and like I still don't care about them, right? But like I understand how they make sense. And like here we had trouble navigating the menu to figure out which player was on which side and like choosing teams like it yeah, seemed like the first player had to choose teams for both players right which was super awkward because i couldn't figure out how to navigate over to your side yeah. of the screen and it's just like so you're just kind of stuck with whatever team i wanted <laughs> you wanted to play it's like yeah. all right i'm gonna be uh, brazil and uh congratulations you're burundi you yeah. know you're, you're you gonna be, have to do you could well be you seattle can. i mean these yeah. games all have just an insane amount of teams because they do. It's like FIFA just is so widespread because you first you select sort of the conference, mm-hmm. sort of the area of the world you want to pick from, or, and then it's like the country, yeah, and then the specific team within the country, and you know it's just it, it feels like this is too much, and this just comes from sort of a, I guess it's kind of a closed mindedness, but it's just like if I'm playing a soccer game, like I am happy to just like United States versus brazil sure or like or russia versus russia yeah exactly. do that do that one that sounds great yeah and again yeah that is probably just coming from an american perspective of like we've got you know a few dozen teams relating to specific american cities we don't need to worry about anything except the occasional canadian yeah that's it you know so like and yeah, yeah i'm sure i mean this game is so international that i totally get it like if you lived in brazil you want to pick your specific team from your own region of course no i I get it yeah um but i guess what i mean the the other specific part is like this game looks so muddy and there's just no effort to sort of individualize each one that even if you were playing with the team from your local area no personality comes through no and And this has the same problem that every ea game has had so far and it even applies to the next two games which spoiler i liked more than this one but, like, I never feel like I'm fully in control of anything. Yeah. I just don't. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with, like, the player you're, the player you're controlling. I couldn't tell how to quickly switch it. Sometimes the A button would do it, but other times it just kind of automatically switches to whichever player is sure. closest to the ball. I mean, I think my biggest issue is, like, this game is it's just not, it's just not responsive at no. all. Like, it's crazy how sort of low quality the core, core controls are. Like, each time we started a game... I would have to run around with my player for probably about 10 seconds before I actually realized what color I was. Yeah, yeah. Because the controls are just so unresponsive. And I think the reason for that, and this is something they tried to do in all of the games, is they want to mimic a feeling of momentum. Because yeah. that's like a big part of actually playing soccer. Right. Like, can you run down the field and juggle the ball and still be able to turn quickly? And the result is here, like, they just, each time you want to turn, it sort of takes an extra movement. But it just feels like there's a delay yeah. in the direction that you want to move on everything. Yeah. Which it makes it much less pleasant to play. Yeah. No, it, it just, I don't know. It was just no fun. It just wasn't involving at all, you yeah. know? And I think the developers realized after this one that they needed to kind of step up their game a little bit. So you want to ready to move on to the well, next I, one? Well, one other thing about this, thing like, about this? like they, they all have, uh, I think they all have the same announcer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've really come to realize, like, announcers really make a big difference in sports games in terms of helping you actually feel like there's something going on. Because they just, the games feel so lifeless otherwise. They just have this sort of 
whirring hum of the crowd, which yeah. and this sounded awful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded really bad. We, and like we needed some Vuvuzelas in there to kind of liven things up. Oh god, bit. when they boo, it almost sounded like a Vuvuzela. Like it just yeah, but sounded like, like a tinnier Vuvuzela. Like a really tinny poor one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's like a Vuvuzelo that somebody has stuck a bunch of uh like high pitched like metal rods inside of your Vuvuzela so there's not enough air can get or through. kazoos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a turducken of noise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about Vuvuzelos. FIFA Road to the World Cup 98. This was released November 30th, 1997, developed by EA Canada, published by EA Sports, and this was also released on Windows, PlayStation, Saturn, Genesis, Super NES, and Game Boy. So our cover athlete is actually going to vary a little bit depending on your region. Uh, in the U.S., our cover athlete is a guy named Roy Lasseter. He was an American-born striker. He spent most of the early 90s playing for the Costa Rica, uh, but he transferred to play Major League Soccer in the States in 1996, and he was one of the biggest point scorers in that league, so good for Roy. Um, over in the UK, the cover athlete is world's prettiest man, David Beckham. Sure. Uh, he was a midfielder for Manchester United at that time. Uh, France had David Ginola from Tottenham Hotspur, uh, and Ginola was actually also the guy who provided all the motion capture for this game. Oh, Italy had Paolo Maldini from Milan. Germany had Andreas Moller from uh, Borussia Dortmund. And Spain had a striker named Raul. That's it, just Raul. Once you get once you get good enough, you just get one name. I think that's great. It's, you're Pele yeah. or you're Raul. Yeah, it's an awesome. That's a that's a flex. Or you're Sting. Yeah. Sting is the best at both wrestling yeah. and at singing. Uh, so this was the last FIFA game produced for the Saturn, the Super NES, and the Genesis. And I actually thought all of those platforms were dead by 1997. So I'm uh, yeah, it must surprised. have been one of the very last games to come out for the Genesis. Oh yeah, I'm sure is right at the tail end. Even for the Saturn, like was almost dead by 1997. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> But its two-year run was pretty short-lived. Yeah, yeah, pretty short. Um, so this game actually represents one of the bigger technical and gameplay leaps that the franchise ever made from yeah, one game boy. to the Holy next. Smokes. This is one of the biggest differences I think I've ever seen on a sports game in the same when the same console. Just in sheer production value, it's just a world ahead. Like this looks like a next-gen game, and yeah. the other one was still kind of struggling to figure out what system it was going to play on. <laughs> Uh, but this looks really good. Like the characters have faces and the animations yeah. look realistic. Uh, it's, it's nice and bright and colorful. They even have little effects. Like they have an accurate, like time of day shadow being cast over the stadium. So like half the stadium will be in shadow. It's just like a weird effect. That I don't think I've seen on the N64 one, before. Yeah. One thing I'll say about all these games, I think the crowd in all of them looks pretty good. Like they really have a sense of you're in this huge stadium and yeah. there's just this wall of fans. Like it never gets very detailed in on them. But that is the right way to approach it in these kind of games. Oh, 100%. And it definitely looks like there's a lot of them out there. And, like, the sound quality here is just way, way better. Like, the announcer in the previous game was mixed so quietly. Yeah. And here he says way more stuff. Um, he actually has something to do with that. It talks about the action. And you can actually hear him. Yeah. So that goes a long way. Yeah, it's amazing how much better this whole thing, the presentation of this whole thing is. Like, Oh, yeah. The menus actually make sense and are intuitive. I feel like that's yeah. the only game we can say that about today because like the fifa 99 kind of muddied things up a little bit too well yeah maybe not even muddy i think they just chose a weird aesthetic but we'll, yeah we'll that, talk that's about that a good a way to put it I, I also realized we we haven't really talked about the gameplay here at all and that's because we're it's soccer yeah it's, it's uh, you 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 kind of know what to expect here i mean let's compare it like the the sort the other soccer games i remember were the international superstar soccer games yeah and what i sort of would say is those games felt a lot smoother to me 
Yeah, they did. Like um, a little bit more arcadey, I guess. Like yeah, while not kind of, they were not arcade experiences at all, but it felt a little faster, a little looser. Yeah, like yeah. this game just feels like they have a lot of downtime. Like if you miss a shot, the goalie will probably take like five seconds, kind of setting the ball up. Yeah, um, before you can actually kick it out to your team. Same with like a throw from the outside or like if there's you're kicking a penalty kick like they'll all line up some seconds will pass and then the whistle will blow yeah and like i get that that's trying to sort of mimic the speed of actual soccer sure but the end result is you're just kind of like okay can i can i go why isn't my corner kick working i don't know if people will agree with me on this but i feel like sports games took a significant downturn when they started trying to replicate the TV experience, the experience of watching the game on television mm. with all the different angles and the the replays and all that. Like, I don't know, for me, I kind of just liked getting into the action of it and not really worrying about the play-by-plays or the calls or anything like that. Like, sure. And I think this is kind of a symptom of that. Like, things have slowed down significantly because we're trying to recreate a broadcast. Yeah. Which, I don't know. No, I, no, you're, there's, there's, I think there's a balance. There's a balance there in terms of, like, you just want to cut off this sort of, I don't think you want to... I like having those production values of this is actually sort of mimicking a broadcast. Yeah. But you don't want to simulate it so exactly that you have a bunch of this downtime. No. And like, you know, occasionally they'll be like, oh, we're going to take a break to like advertise a thing. And you like, obviously it's in there as like, hey, we actually got paid to advertise this thing. But they're like, oh, it's really simulating the real thing. It's like, no, come on. Let's move this shit along. Right. I I had a couple times where like, you can press A to skip through some of the little cut scenes or the replays, but sometimes I would press A too many times and then I would just be, oh, we're back in the action and I just kicked the ball without moving to. Yeah, replays as on by default is always annoying. Yeah. I thought it was funny that they defaulted replays on in the previous game. Like anyone would want to look at that game. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Like why would you, no. Why why are you making us relive this? Uh, so I think the biggest addition that this game added was the Road to the World Cup mode, which has been a staple ever since. Every uh, every game leading up to a World Cup game has Road to the World Cup mode. Uh, this is essentially a career mode, and it lets you take one of the games, uh, 172 different football clubs, through the qualification process leading up to the big game. You could then save your team and port it over into the World Cup game that came out later that year, uh, five months later, sure. um, if you wanted to. Which we previously which is, played. Yeah. Um, it's also worth noting that this is w- only one of two times that this series has attempted to cram every single FIFA team into mm. a single game. The only other time it happened was in uh, 2010 FIFA World Cup South Africa. Um, so this game and a couple of other new features also included some uh, player customization options. There were 16 real world stadiums. We had improvements to graphics, AI and rule sets and an official soundtrack featuring big name artists like Blur and the Crystal Method. Nice. The next game gets the other ones uh, <laughs> that are I confuse with them all the time. Um, and yeah, as a result of all these new improvements, this game was much, much better received. And a lot of uh, reviewers at the time said the N64 version was the best way to play it. Nice. So, you know, um, so what did you think of it? This one, like I mean, at a gameplay mm-hmm. level, like we were both, I think, really impressed by the improvements in appearance on it like right away it's pretty evident i think it really benefits from us having just played the last one right before it sure yeah um, because that one played so clumsily um here yeah i i do think it improved i i guess i would describe it like they they give you almost a little too much control in a lot of ways like i think the reason i like the the superstar soccer ones a little more is basically you would press A and like the ball would very nicely get kicked to a nearby player. Right. Here you sort of have very precise control over you where you want to kick it, which the result is often you'll just kind of accidentally kick it out of bounds, 
or like my goalkeeper, I was able to throw it in and it lets me pick where I want to throw it in, but somehow he just ended up throwing it backwards. Like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. to the other side of the goal, like out of bounds again. And it's like, well, why why even giving me that option is something I can do, game? Yeah. Like, I clearly didn't mean to do that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so it does feel like it just... I wouldn't go so far as like saying it's like really putting effort into simulating the experience, but I just want it to be faster and sort of more arcadey. Yeah. Because I didn't, I never got the feeling like that these simulation aspects were adding anything to the strategy. No. And I feel like that's something that soccer games have never quite cracked is how do you mimic like playing defense? Because it's like, Usually to steal the ball, you can either slide tackle or sort of just jam on the steal button. But there's never quite like clear when it's going to work and when it's not going to work. It it's felt kind of pretty easy to steal a lot of the time. Like if you just get close enough and press a button, you're going to take I it. Mean, but that's how it should be because yeah. like you want to encourage like the the offense in soccer, you want to encourage to be passing a lot. You, sure. you don't want a soccer game where one character can just run from one edge to the other. Right, right, right. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Uh, you know, like I... What else was the new mode? There was the penalty shootout oh, mode that sure. we tried. That... We never quite figured it out. It's kind of like the uh, NBA in the zone slam dunk mode. Right. It kept feeling like there was a button pressing. We just weren't registering. I multiple times was like, okay, Steve, you're in the goal. I'm just going to kick it right to you. And then it proceeded to clip through your character or go right, right. through his leg. Like you had to press a button to block it. And my guy, but... like I, I pressed the button on time. My yeah. guy like and bent he, like, to bent catch it. And bent down and didn't actually catch it. It just like zipped right through him. So like, I don't know. I We had trouble figuring it out, but it was pretty slow and boring. Yeah, it was very so I boring. My, another aspect of the design, um, all my players had the exact same haircut. Like we had one oh, guy yeah, come yeah, yeah. in and I'm like, wow, they put individual designs and haircuts on these players. And then I realized, no, every player for Seattle just has a bowl cut. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I played a Burundi team, and every character just had, like, kind of a uh, blonde, like, crew cut. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's That's the national uh, That's the national haircut in Burundi. Oh, I didn't they even know that. They issued an executive order that everyone had to get a blonde crew cut. They had no idea. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing I know about Burundi. Oh, that's... I don't even know where it is. Uh, oh, I've been playing that little geography game on my app. I know it's in Africa. That's it. Great. I could be wrong about he that, actually. Oh, <laughs> I, need no. to, I need to see it on the map. Never if mind. If you're from Burundi, write into the podcast and tell us where you're located. And also, we're sorry for not knowing enough about your country. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that mode didn't really do anything for me. Like, I agree. I think this is a big improvement over the first one in a lot of ways. Uh, I still would say this isn't something that appeals to me. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really trying not to be super snobbish about it, just because, sure. like, I understand, like, you know... Americans are kind of the last people on this boat in, in, <laughs> in, in the, in the world, you know, as, as we are often behind everyone else sure. in the world and no, everything. No more now, no more than right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but just from a kind of a gameplay standpoint, and I enjoyed the international soccer games, yes. like those felt faster and more fun to me. And this one, even though this is kind of this era of FIFA operating at the peak of its powers, like it still just didn't really move me one way or the other. Yeah, I, I used to, they just never quite find they just need, it needed a little more spice or a little more kick to actually make it seem more. I mean, there were a lot of kicks. Yeah, they, oh, need, no, yeah, they needed yeah. even more. Um, like some aspect of like again, it's a good looking game, but the camera never really gets that close to anything. You always right. feel very far removed from the action. Like if if you were sort of playing it and the camera was kind of closer to your carrier, so you felt like there was sort of some control of juking through defenders or something like that you just it always felt like kind of a random mush of like i'm gonna kick it towards a guy and then i'm gonna make a random shot on goal and hope that it goes in yeah but you never i never felt like anything that even though 
I just never felt like anything that I did was sort of respond, like the game was ever really responding to my own strategic choices. So I never felt that involved with anything. Yeah, yeah, it's the same kind of issue. Uh, speaking of the same, yeah. let's talk about FIFA 99. This was released November 30th, 1998, also developed by EA Canada, also published by EA Sports, and this was released on uh, Windows and PlayStation as well, so kind of a, a lower selection. Sure. The other systems died in between that <laughs> last year. Uh, our cover athlete this time is Dennis Bergkamp from Arsenal. Uh, he was born in the Netherlands, and he earned the nickname the Non-Flying Dutchman since he had a severe fear of flying after uh, his football team had a close call in a plane in 1994. Hmm. He was, like, psychologically, like, he just couldn't get on a plane. How, so did he have to retire, or did he only... No, uh, uh, apparently, you know, the teams accommodated him. There were just certain away games, like, that he couldn't go to. Like, wow. If if, yeah. Uh, huh. Either way, like, he's still regarded as one of the better technical players of his generation. I think that's kind of why they put up with it. But he started his career with the Dutch uh, football club Ajax in 1986. But uh, it was with Arsenal that he was most successful. Uh, he played there uh, with the Gunners until 19, from 1996 until 2006 when he retired uh, and has gone on to live a very quiet, uncontroversial life for the most <laughs> part, as near as I can tell. Married to the same woman since 1993. Just with lots of money. Lots of kids, well, lots of money. I'm sure he's doing fine. Sure. Yeah. Chilling in... Chilling in Copenhagen, maybe. I don't know. Copen uh, yeah, sure. Uh, why not? Actually, that's uh, Denmark. And yeah, not, yeah uh, I was going to yeah, correct yeah, you, but yeah. we've already we've already shot ourselves in the geo geological foot enough here. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, this is probably our most terminology, like, tongue-tied episode ever. Yeah, like, there's possibly. There's too many N's possibly. and F's and different countries. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'm just kind of generally checked out and weird today. I don't know. You, no, that's yeah. that's the energy. Some days, some days you're just weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the modes here. 98 featured a lot of significant improvements over its predecessor, but 99 was mostly content to just kind of make some minor cosmetic improvements on what already worked yeah. for the last one, yeah. which mean, is not a bad no, play. No, FIFA 64 was like, this is a broken game. We need to fix this and like actually get it to a playable state. Which like, nine, 98 works. Oh yeah, like, definitely. It, it, it's and, a, it's a decent and game. And now they're like, okay, we've sort of figured out what works. Let's just refine that. So we get some kind of smoother animations and uh, more details on the characters. So like the, the accurate player heights are represented. They all have different haircuts and they yeah. all kind of looked differently this time. They have time. actual fit, like muscle tones and stuff. Yeah, this right. game looks very good as well. It, it looks very nice. Noticeably better. And uh, but. But I do think the, the uh, takeaway is that the game chugs quite a bit when you have yeah. a lot of players on the screen, which You're you right. often have a and lot of players on the couple, screen. And there's a couple... Just frames of animation that seem missing in general. Like when I when I kicked it out with my goalie multiple times, like yeah. the actual frame of him moving towards the ball just kind of he went back and then he went about five steps forward a half a second later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a little sloppy. Um, we got to play around with some of the like this is where we were talking about the interface has gotten kind of weird. It, it reminded me of Sim City, like early nineteen yeah. ninety Sim City. It's like it's like very big icons. Uh, I don't know. It, it just it looked like something you would uh, navigate to on Windows ninety five. It's this thing in um, board games. Like I play. Um, I mean, I haven't in a while. But in theory, I play a lot of European board games. Sure. And something I notice is some games really like lean on symbols. Like mm. rather than having text on the card, they'll just have big symbols. And the reason, for, and I always find that very confusing. Like it's much more intuitive to just read what a card does as opposed to having to memorize a bunch of symbols. But the reason that games do that is because they can have the symbols, they can just print the symbols for all printings of that game. Yeah, you could have and an then, international audience. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then you just have the, um, 
the rules sort of in whatever language you need to print it on. Yeah. The cards themselves, you don't have to reprint. And I, maybe it's a similar thing here of like, if these are all just big icons, they can just change the little text yeah. down at the bottom. Because like something that says friendly match or play mode in English would have to get totally redone for the same things in like Japanese. Sure. Whereas um, if you just have an icon, you can keep the icon and change the little text at the bottom. Yeah. Well, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. I mean, it, it wasn't like unintuitive necessarily. I think it just didn't really look very good. I don't know. Yeah, maybe no, that, I'll, I'll agree with that. Maybe that's it. Maybe it just looked like a generation behind the other two games in a weird way. I don't know. Yeah. And that's probably just being way too nitpicky. But honestly, there just wasn't too much to talk about with yeah, this one. It's, yeah, we, we have to find something to nitpick because otherwise we, we got nothing. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we could change the weather effects on the stadiums and yeah, stuff like that. There was so more we played customization. In the snow, there's a, more uh, customization. There's a speed modifier before each game where you can change it to normal, fast, faster, fastest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was very welcome. Like fat, We played on fastest a little bit and it didn't. It didn't feel too fast. Like no, I, it still I, I felt like a nice way to play the game. It felt more realistic. I mean, I didn't know it was uh, it, like some of these games you can set to an arcade mode, but you wouldn't know it because they don't have wacky cartoon sound effects yeah, when exactly. you run. So there's really no point. Um, you can't catch on fire in these. Did you notice much difference between arcade and like action? There was like they, they had really. arcade action and simulation. I think only in the first one was the only one that had that. I okay. Don't know if they all had that mode. But yeah, it, I didn't it notice sort of, much difference. I, I imagine like simulation just sort of calls the most penalties, gives you the most control over your moves and things like that. Um, but yeah, I couldn't tell the tell a difference that much. Yeah. One thing I um I did like here is just, yeah, just in general, this felt sort of tighter and faster. Like there's not quite as many moments like in the previous games of things just taking really long. It seems like the actual um, moments where like the ball goes out of bounds, someone going through and have all been cut down by like a second or two, yeah. which, re which really matters to me. Yeah. That's, that, uh, that's what I've learned about myself doing this podcast. And just in general, it's like the single most important aspect of a game for me is does it move quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or does it, does because that's kind of part and parcel of like, is it engaging you at all? Like, yeah. it, it, I don't know. Like, I feel like you need a fast start. You need something to just kind of like bring you into the game in a real serious way and yeah. make you feel like you're in control of things. And again, I do not feel like I was in control of any of these. Yeah, I mean, I think each one feels progressively better. And there's a big leap between 64 and 98. And there's, yeah. there's a very, there's a tiny jump yeah, um, between very. 98 and 99 but not not any substantial thing. But no. I, I don't know. I just feel like this is a game that really wants you to get really into it, and I think that there's enough modes here that you would do that. Like, this did have a noticeable change in the amount of modes. Like, there's um, a roster, a player creator and a team editor. Yeah. So you could actually go into, like, the Los Angeles or whoever's rosters, change, change the uniform colors, change the name of the team, change their home stadium... And then there's also a player editor, so you can go in and change the way the characters look. This game does, like, the models look good from a distance, but once you get into this, like, yeah. they're going to zoom in. You're like, it's like those wrestling games. You're like, these characters look fine in-game, but then when you actually, like... Then you realize they have a Yuna eye. Yeah, Like, exactly. one gigantic eye. It's it's really kind of creepy, yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, it, you can have fun messing around with some of these character customization details yeah. if that's what you're into. It, but again, it does like, take, like, a whole memory card. Like, yeah. with all these sports games, you have to designate a whole special memory card for this game if you want to transfer anything or save your season. But They, uh, just, they just haven't figured out enough 
specifics of like how to differentiate the players. So it's like you can go in and you can change all of these aspects, but like in your NBA hang time or something like a huge a bulky player feels so different than like a small, fast, you know, deep shot uh, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like you're like, oh, I really have incentive to go create different kinds of characters and things like that. And here it's just like all these characters feel the same. Yeah. It's just like yeah. how fast do they run? Yeah, it's, for sure. I have nothing more to say about FIFA. Do you have anything else besides our ranking? Yeah, I mean, this is this is an odd episode. Everyone's everyone's feeling just generally distracted, and we come in and play three games that just kind of befuddle us. Oh, right. Uh, like I I I think I'm gonna immediately forget that I played any of these. To be honest, so, like, well, you're not gonna go pick up the newest FIFA, contribute to its spot, pick up the 37 games in the series <laughs> that you missed. Yeah, yeah I'm just, thinking of starting on the up. FIFA franchise. Like, yeah, which, yeah. Which is the best one to start with. Oh my God, it's, that sounds like a punishing podcast idea. Oh, <laughs> Like, it's like those guys who are watching uh, uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop every week, <laughs> like the same movie every single week and doing an episode it's, on it. It's Ultra 64, but we play through all the FIFA games. Yeah. Oh, it's, Jesus. Kill me. It's a complete series of each one. Well, let's move on to our rankings on these games. As you know, each week we are ranking the games that we have put on our list so far. We are at 267 games. Guys, we are almost there. It makes me sad and weirdly anxious. Um, but I'll start us off on these FIFA games. Um, yeah, like I, you could probably tell I'm not crazy enthused about any of these while the fever. I can acknowledge the, that some of these are quality games. I just two they, out of three of them are they, they do nothing for me. Um, I think FIFA 98 was the best one. I think it had the most new features, the most innovative stuff, and it just kind of felt the best. Uh, I'm putting that at number 171 and that's going to be right below mischief makers. Sure. FIFA 99 is going right below that at 172. Basically the same game, just I thought the frame rate issues were slightly worse. And then FIFA 64, uh, a far cry from those. That's going at number 197 underneath Wetrix. I would rather play a leaky puzzle game than the 64 version of FIFA. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm I'm in kind of agreement here. Um FIFA 64 was just surprisingly of a very, very low quality. I think that... Surprisingly low, yeah. It's like, I don't know, I've seen like really kind of a bad move by EA to make that choice to lead with that game because if I had bought that, I would not have bought another FIFA game for the N64. No. Like, even though FIFA 98 was a significant step up. So yeah, FIFA 64, I'm putting it number 234, which is right under Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Where did that relate to the Mia Hamm one? Is uh, that it, above it's it? got to be higher than the Mia Ham. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, Mia it Ham's probably. Than, it's the better worst. than the Mia Ham one. There's no question. About I mean, it that, should be but... saying we we are saying goodbye to soccer this issue. Oh this yeah, episode. that's true. Like, so we can finally last... definitively rate all of the soccer games. We can definitively the rank them. Well, I'll tell you what. It yeah. ain't FIFA 64. It's not. <laughs> um, and it's not Mia Ham. Yeah, we know. We know this for a fact. Um, FIFA 98 and 99. Yeah, I'm with you. They're basically interchangeable. I put 90. I'll just put 98 and at 197 mm-hmm. and 99 at 198 was all well, so many nines yeah yeah um well i realized we had that i think is a little low for them because i do think they are of quality but i realized we had already played a world cup game or a FIFA yeah. game in world cup 98 and you tell me that that's the same engine and gameplay so it seemed like i had to put them next to it so which makes sense yeah, yeah and it, it, it i don't is. remember it's... but i'll take your if i rated it there then i gotta stick with it you gotta stick this with it this is the, the trap we've created but i think that that is 
I think the takeaway is we both enjoyed these games less than the international superstar soccer games. Definitely. I think that that should be your takeaway. If you want to play a soccer game on N64, international superstar soccer, probably like 98 or 99 would be the way to go. Yeah. If you're if you really, really want to, like, get into sort of official licenses and roster management, on the N64, you are a strange person. Uh, yeah, but, um, you know, but, uh, I'm not joking. We're might, strange people. I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to judge you at all. FIFA might offer that a little better, but the International Superstar games played better. And they I, did. I feel like for any sports games, like, that's what matters. Like, the quantity of modes is sort of so incidental yeah. because all the modes just go back to you playing the same game. Yeah, And so pretty if the much. gameplay isn't as fun, like, I'm always going to pick the one that's more fun to play. Even oh, always. Even if the only mode is play now. Yeah, totally. Which is why hang time. You keep going back to hang time because it's going to be the most fun of any basketball game. Yep. We have one letter this week, uh, and uh, this is this is uh, uh, gradually turning us into the Game Boy podcast for some reason. But you know, I'm I'm willing to keep stoking this debate. (laughs) Okay. Hey guys, your talk on Game Boy gems made me reflect back on a childhood where most weekends were spent in the car, and the '90s maximum on bad video games. Well, this is one I own, so I guess I have to play it. Yeah. Was amplified fivefold. <laughs> yeah. As far as good Game Boy games and hidden gems are concerned, Super Mario Land Two is probably the Mario game I have sunk the most hours into by default. Okay. But I'm not sure that's a hidden gem. No, but it is a good game though. It is a I good game. Agree. Yeah. It has Six... a really fun. I really liked the part where you go into the moon. You know what I you know what I liked about that game? It had the exact right number of golden coins for me. Like other a weaker game would have said seven golden (laughs) coins because they're insecure. You know, like a a, a more lazy game would say five golden coins. Well, that was already animated that last coin. Twelve days of Christmas. Oh, that's true. Yes, you get into when you get into copywriting numbers, it's a whole thing. But anyway, I'm way off track. Uh, slightly more obscure is Kid Dracula, which was the oh, only yeah. way that series of games was ever represented in the U.S. until pretty recently. I think that's a Castlevania spin-off. It is, yeah, which I've always kind of wanted to try. I've never uh, never done that one. And then the game I don't even know if it's good or bad, but I remember playing a ton, <laughs> is the Godzilla Game Boy game. Oh, I have that game. Which I think was it's sort of an action good. puzzle game. Yeah, it's not good. I, it's really I, I think weird. I have it too. I've it's like a it. block-pushing game, but like you play as Godzilla and you're like smaller than all these blocks. There's no sense of scope. Uh, they are buildings, like, clearly. Yeah, it's essentially like bubble bobble size. But, okay. Um, you're as Godzilla. I'm into that which i guess bub and bob also are kind of already godzillas yeah they're little godzillas yeah Yeah, totally uh so i think y'all have already talked about bad games you owned as kids but did you have any specific handheld games that fit that bill thanks as always for the laughs and that is from john thank you john john uh i mean i think it's safe to say that i had many bad uh handheld games that i played as default because i was a game gear owner when i was a kid i did not have a game boy until I was an adult. The one that's... <laughs> hey, congratulations. You turned 18. Here's, here's your Game Boy. Here's your Game Boy. You can, you can smoke and you can play this Game Boy. <laughs> Go make your fortune, boy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, I, I purchased you a hooker and a Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> if you hope you figure out what to do with these. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would think the one that's springing to mind that I played a whole lot of, and now I'm looking back, it's like, wow, how did I make it through any of that? Yeah was Tailspin for the Game Gear based on the Disney Afternoon cartoon. That game is so slow, and anytime you get hit, you start blinking so much that your character disappears because the frame rate's so bad. Like, every time it blinks, it's like a full five, six frames of invisibility. But you can still take damage while you're invisible like that. And so a very, 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 very slow-moving bullet will hit you. And it's not like the Tailspin game on the NES, which is like a side-scrolling shooter. Yeah. This is a platformer. 
Okay. And it's just really boring, and there's barely any flying segments. And it's just it's a terrible game. But okay, I played it enough. backwards and forwards. Oof. I could probably still beat that game with my <laughs> eyes closed. I uh, I remember playing the uh, Battletoads and Double Dragon for Game Boy a lot, which is oh. not not a bad, not a terrible game, but no, it's uh, not bad. I couldn't could never get past the third level, and I just kind of remember continually getting there and then losing interest slash dying, which Banging I guess is true of Battletoads in general. And the other game I remember playing a lot because I think my cousin had it, and it always kind of intrigued me because it was a Simpsons game mm. was uh, Bart versus the Juggernauts, oh or yeah, something like that, which had a bunch of very it's confusing, like mini game style, like Olympic event, like silly they, Olympic. Weren't events. they like uh, like American Gladiators, Gladiators yeah. things? Yeah, it's amazing how the style of games that were built on like ramp based mini games or yeah. something like that. How I can never figure out the controls. Yeah, like, I have two buttons. How is this so complicated? Right. It's there's so many Simpsons games in general that like. I always felt like I was doing something wrong when I was playing them because I'm right. like, the Simpsons are fun. This should be fun. Like, these are my characters. But, like, it just, I could never, they always had mechanics that didn't make sense. Like, so Bart it's like, was, wait, I just spray everything purple? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that game always baffled me. I'm like, it's just a weird thing of, like, when you're a kid, you don't realize that stuff is bad. And right. That, like, it's the thing's fault and it's not your fault. And you're like, oh, this game just is too complicated for me. Or yeah. Like, or I just haven't, too, I haven't figured this out. This too hard. I haven't figured it out. But you're like, no, it's just designed very crappily. It's just a poor game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, I, I've, I've uh, allowed myself to let that guilt go. That's the one bit of guilt I'm not <laughs> okay. holding on. We, we've piled on a whole bunch of other guilt. Yeah, I'm going to let, let Bart go. versus the Space Mutants shoulder its own blame for <laughs> okay. a while. That's self-healing, right? Right yeah, there. that's that's uh, that's self care. <laughs> oh, anyway, thank you everybody for listening. And speaking of self care, next week we have a game that could not be more pleasant. Uh, next week we are playing Kirby sixty four, uh, and I forget the subtitle. Crystal that. shards, something of the crystal which shards, which is a code name for uh, cocaine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And I think crystal shards did some music for FIFA, didn't they? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you go, yeah. uh, you that's uh, when you're at an EDM club. You go in and ask if anyone wants to go play some crystal shards. <laughs> in <the> yeah, bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody like swallows you and becomes you. Yeah, and exactly. Wa- walks out wearing powers. your clothes. Man, what if they made a live action Kirby movie? Oh, like, who would you the, cast? <laughs> I don't know. Just, who could play? Who has the body type to play yeah, live action Kirby? Oh man, I'm thinking of Blobfish. Okay, uh, or who's the hot Blobfish in Hollywood right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just imagine like uh, you get like Javier Bardem and you put him in a big Kirby <laughs> suit and he's just like this giant puffball. I want to see what him. he does. You with can that. still see his face. Like it's it's a Kirby yeah. suit and the mouth is his stomach, so it like juts out here, but it's clearly just his. His face up above it. That, I want this. Yeah. I want just angry, weird, like granite-faced Javier Bardem's head on Kirby's body. Yeah. And he speaks in his accent and his low voice. And the, I, I am going to swallow you now, you hamster. Yeah, yeah that'd Does be amazing. Does Kirby ever talk? Uh, in Smash Brothers, he makes noises. Make, okay, sounds yeah. like, I mean, sounds like a Japanese girl. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if Kirby's supposed to, we'll dig into this next week. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to figure out valuable, Kirby's gender. Valuable content. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, sorry. We can't do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so in the meantime, I am going to pass this little pink ball over to you and you hold on to that until okay. next week. I'm right? going to go home. All right. <laughs> Bye everybody. <laughs> Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Well, I'm-
Make it 